Easy Crisper. It's an Easy Crisper episode. And I think we just say, hey, Easy Crisper, because we have to talk about Easy Crisper, because everybody else is talking about Easy Crisper. So, Easy Crisper. Welcome to Unimed's Innovation Overground, where we dig into some of those amazing discoveries and innovations that we sometimes hear about but never actually seem to touch our lives in any real meaningful way. We hope to dig into what it takes to make those innovations into actual things that we might find on a shelf somewhere. Um, We are sponsored by Unimed, the Technology Transfer and Commercialization Office for the University of Nebraska. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm joined by Joe Rungi, who's a lawyer in our office. Hi, Charlie. And I'm joined by Tyler Schur, a licensing manager or licensing person. I don't know. What what do we call you? What do we call you, Tyler? Licensing associate. Associate. Excuse me. Hi, Charlie. That'll work. <laughs> anyway, um, Joe, you have a message for our two listeners out there? Yes. Please uh, be sure to rate the podcast so other people can discover it. And please be sure to subscribe so you can see all the neat stuff that we're doing. Also, please be sure to check the program notes as we will put a link to our featured technology. Always yeah. something neat. Thank you, Joe. That's Yes, that's very important because we do want to tell the untold stories of uh, university innovation, and uh, there's some really great stuff out there. So, um, Okay, all that said, I think it's about time we went over CRISPR, the CRISPR episode. We, CRISPR. we can't avoid it. CRISPR. Because everything happens because of CRISPR. There's, there's, a, there's a, Superheroes now are made because CRISPR super villains are made because CRISPR they don't have to explain anything it's like okay I was able to meld this coffee cup with a goldfish because CRISPR and everybody seems to take that and run with it and say great sounds like a good movie yeah yeah so I just I actually just recently took my son to <laughs> Rampage starring The Rock and, oh, yeah. and a giant CRISPRed uh, gorilla uh, and you know it, it was awesome but <laughs> first of all it's got the rock and a giant gorilla so. well it's a video game wasn't it it's been, anyway sorry yeah yeah yeah, yeah and but, i don't but, I, I doubt the video game the, the rationale behind uh the giant gorilla and the 30 foot ter- terrifying wolf and the 60 foot alligator was crisper but for this updated movie version the big blockbuster it is definitely crisper and a lot of hand waving and uh yeah so there's two big takeaways from that movie really quick sorry a little bit of a segue yeah, you're going first on. you're going I, on. I know i'm sorry i'm it sorry it wasn't that awesome it couldn't have been <laughs> no it actually was it was really awesome all right i made a little bit of a of a, of a mistake taking a six-year-old to that, that movie so just you're uh, a horrible parent warning it's time to move w- on. warning to our two audience members <laughs> but he's really psyched about crispr now oh uh, all right so well that's cool he's into science yeah that's cool yeah but you joe um, Anything to add to this, or should we just wrap it up? No, I, I uh, actually would like Tyler to explain to me briefly what CRISPR is. I, I get confused. Uh, you know, we should probably do that. I think we it's should a good probably place to start. Exp- yeah. What is CRISPR? You are a scientist. It's, it sounds like something that keeps salad or lettuce fresh. Yeah. <laughs> you know more Crispy. about bacteria than I do. So. CRISPRness. Yeah. So yeah. Well, that and that's a good um, introduction too. Actually, my my first uh, um, introduction to CRISPR was uh, doing research at the Med Center. We invited. In the pathology and microbiology department, we had an invited speaker who was a postdoc in one of the labs that co-discovered CRISPR and how he explained it. So CRISPR is it, it stands for. Hold on a second. Somebody from the University of Nebraska Medical Center co-discovered CRISPR. No, this was an invited speaker. So oh, sorry. Was, okay. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go back to sleep now. Yeah. 
So just because I have to get the definition out of the way briefly, it stands for clustered regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats. And so what these are are uh, sections of DNA. This was discovered in bacteria. These are sections of DNA that basically um, it's it's a it's a mechanism whereby the bacteria incorporate um, sort of like fingerprints or imprints of DNA from from viruses from bacteriophages, and then use this as a way to recognize these phages, which naturally prey on okay, bacteria. Okay, I have no idea what any of what you just it, said means. This basically works as, it operates sort of as an immune system, an adaptive immune system for bacteria, which is also how this one of the co-discovering labs uh, initially published. Okay, so how does an immune system for bacteria make giant rampaging gorillas? Yeah, <laughs> yes, that is a good question, because <laughs> it doesn't at all seem uh, obvious. Okay. So what this technology uh, has allowed us to do, we've, we've harnessed this, we've taken it from bacteria, and what it allows us to do intelligently is to identify sections of DNA um, in the genome and then swap out or edit uh, appropriately. Okay. So, and, and Joe can elaborate a little more on that, I think. Yeah, it's the way it operates uh, immunologically, which I don't know if that's the right way to put it. The way it operates like an immune system is the enzyme holds on to uh, a tag, a DNA sequence from a virus. And it just sort of goes around the bacteria, bumping around, looking for that DNA sequence. And when it finds it, it just cuts it up. And so that way you essentially have a, uh, an enzyme directed at cutting DNA based on, you know, leftover bits of viral DNA. Okay, so, so if you've bacteria. got uh, something in your DNA that, that, that could be a, maybe a disease. Right. You could, could you sick CRISPR after it then? Right, that's what, CRISPR is, is uh, biologically useful because it's specific. It, it only attacks the DNA that it's targeted at, which makes it very useful for making giant gorillas because what you do <laughs> is you take a regular sized gorilla. Okay, right, and with you, get, you. And you get the giant gene. <laughs> okay yeah very, very got, well very well characterized so we can we use like mammoth maybe like dinosaur gene or something is right. that is that how you get hypergiantism yeah whatever <laughs> all right and, and then you target the giant gene towards the size part okay of the gorilla dna there must also be like an angry gene too then to make them right exactly to make sure. them rampage that's that's it's exactly how it would work directly adjacent to the giant gene <laughs> All this is, of course, preposterous, but the, yeah. the reason why you could just do hand-waving and say because CRISPR is because now CRISPR makes it easy to target DNA into very specific regions, except that it doesn't, right? Because I was going to say, so we've eliminated disease, genetic disease then, right? Well, the, the problem with that, sort of the problem with the giant gorilla theory is There's that, only one. Yeah, it's only one, <laughs> and we've solved it. Spoiler alert. Fixed it. Fixed it. So keep That's listening, coming. We, got the, we have the total answer. Seriously. Easier. We have the answer. And seed. Um, no, the, 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 the problem is, is that, that CRISPR is, is biologically, it, it's a scissors. It just cuts stuff up, right? So in the bacteria, okay. if you find that viral DNA, it just enzymatically degrades it, cuts it up, kills the virus. What it's used for in- When you say enzymatically, is that a fancy way of saying like chemically? Yes, it is. Okay. Thank you. Um, chemically. The, 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 the utilization of that in, in research now has been to precisely cut out parts of DNA. When I was in the laboratory um, you know, 15 years ago, you had to find very specific regions of DNA that you can cut. It was site-specific, which means you would get this map of your, your DNA of interest, and you'd have to find an enzyme that cuts it at a specific place. They're called restriction enzymes. 
And so it made it really complicated because you can only cut the DNA at certain spots. CRISPR changed that by being able to cut it precisely wherever you want. You just say, I want to cut it here. You can cut it here. So the dilemma, if you're making a giant um, ape, is you can't what just— What about superheroes? Because you know, Luke Cage is a show on Netflix right. where they made him because CRISPR, right? right. Spoiler— so- Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. We've ruined two Sorry. We've ruined two slightly old entertainment properties. No, um so the the problem with, you know, uh, uh Luke Cage and, and Rampage and, and a lot of other CRISPR based science fiction is that you can't just cut DNA out and make a giant gorilla, right? You would need to to change the underlying genes in a way that would likely involve inserting something. And Luke Cage, like, specifically, right, I think they inserted, like, genes from, from like, abalone or something like that to make him bulletproof, right? CRISPR doesn't help Wait, with abalone or bulletproof? I, I don't know. You know, I, I guess. Luke oh, Cage Maybe is they should be, you know? Yeah, we need to go shoot at abalone. <laughs> I'm for it. <laughs> Good Good in the name of science. Podcast on the road. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but the idea is that, that CRISPR just is cutting, right? It, it, if you think of, yeah. like, your word processor, if you decide, you know, Control X and, and no Control V, right? You, you couldn't actually paste anything into the place that you've cut. And so one of the really uh, exciting inventions we've gotten in the last couple of years f- from the University of Nebraska Medical Center is uh, Dr. Guru Murthy, uh, who runs our congenic mouse facility. He makes um, um, transgenic mice, mice with foreign genes in them. He has, uh, working with a collaborator at the University of Tokai, he has uh, developed a protocol which allows for efficient insertion of genes that is just as easy to use as CRISPR. He calls it easy CRISPR. So does he have, like, rampaging mice? No, no. He's trying to, but but the the bureaucrats (laughs) won't let him do it. It's very dramatic. No, no. He's actually too busy doing useful things. Uh, What he does is he generates mice for researchers. If someone needs uh, a mice with a human breast cancer gene, he now has a very efficient way to insert it. And it's actually um, dramatically increasing the pace at which we can do scientific research because if someone needs to generate this custom mouse line, rather than sort of piecemeal gradually inserting the genes into this animal, he can do very large insertions in, in one big jump. Well, he just came out with something, a paper in Nature Science. I can't remember which it was. Tyler, you saw that. You, you gave it to me, actually. Something with T-cells? What was that? Yes, that was the application of CRISPR to uh, T-cell um, treatment of cancer. We're talking so about easy CRISPR. We're talking T-cell. about Gurumurthy's. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's... Uh, so what, what was it? Explain it to us. Well, I, I, you know, I maybe need to read a little more. Oh, come on. Don't detail. be science. Don't, give, so, don't call science on me. So, um, Doctor. One of the emerging fields of, <laughs> if that's your real name. of cancer treatment is instead of using drugs to treat cancer, you take immune cells from a patient and genetically modify them. So instead of looking for diseases, they're now looking for cancer cells. And the, the, the thing that's been difficult in that is in order to get the cells to do that, you can't just cut out genes. You have to insert uh, some genetic mechanism to target the specific cancer cells. Easy CRISPR has a lot of promise for that type of application because it can make engineering those T cells significantly easier and it can make them more functional. If you can insert large amounts of DNA into these cells using the Easy CRISPR method, you now have these two really effective tools. You have a super precise scissors and you have a very efficient pasting mechanism. So now you can cut out the things you don't want you can insert the things that you do want, and it gives you a lot of power to engineer these cells. The thing that's really compelling about this Nature paper is that it, it shows just as 
CRISPR made engineering T cells a lot more feasible because you can cut things out much easier. Easy CRISPR makes that even easier, easier, because now you can do the insertions just as efficiently. So if you wanted to re-engineer T cells to target leukemia that had you know specific um, markers on the cells, you could basically make the immune cells specifically recognize those leukemia cells, put them back inside the patient, and instead of relying on toxic chemicals or radiation therapy, you just let the patient's own immune system take care of his own cancer. Okay, so I'm like this close to wanting to pop a bottle of champagne. How close is this? This sounds amazing. How close are we to this actually being a thing that does stuff out there for reals? Um, you know, right now there are um, early products out there related to cell-based cancer therapies. So that is a thing that already exists. Okay. What we have now is a new methodology to make those therapies much more easily. But if we're, we're talking about reprogramming the immune system essentially to target cancer. Yes. That sounds kind of amazing. Am I getting too ahead? Am I, am I, getting, am I reading so into it too much? reprogram the immune system to treat cancer, old hat. You know, that, that champagne's already popped. Okay. The, the new method is we can now take something that would have, you know, taken weeks and a lot of money, now takes maybe a week and a little bit less money. And while that sounds like I'm sort of making it sound less exciting, it's actually more exciting, right? Like the thing that's stopping these therapies from being more widely utilized, you know, as exciting as they are, um, new methods are making them easier to apply. Okay, so what, maybe I'm just wrong in my thinking that using the immune system to fight cancer is a really inherently better idea. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay, so I'm and like I mean, if you know, I remember five years ago talking with our faculty, and you know, they were kind of down on creating new cancer drugs. Like, yeah, you know, in five years there's going to be immune therapies for all this, and no one's hmm. going to care anymore. I'm like, get out of here. So I'm way behind, is all. Okay, <laughs> that's why we're doing the podcast. Get you up to speed, Charlie. <laughs> But there's still, but as you know, as Joe's talking, as he mentioned, there's there's still sort of downsides to this. I mean, there's still there's still hurdles. There's still right. hurdles. So I mean, the, the hurdles to what to being able to treat cancer with with a patient's own trained T cells. I mean, that that cancer can still um, adapt and change. You still you might need to it might need to be multiple rounds of okay. training and giving them different training. And this is where a tool like Easy CRISPR could could actually make it makes it easier and makes it actually more um, readily available. <laughs> It, it sounds like a better alternative towards the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it sounds like a better alternative to the systemic treatment that we use with, you know, your chemo and your radiation oh, it's therapy. it's certainly it's, much more right. precise. Yeah, 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 chemo is, it has a lot of collateral damage. You know, I think the thing to always keep in mind, too, is that, you know, these are new technologies that are very powerful, um, you know, and, and they need to be treated with great care. I mean, you are essentially now modifying someone's immune system and putting it back inside of them. That's, yes. That's, you know... That should give anyone pause. Sure. I think the thing that's cool about Easy CRISPR is that it does give more control to the scientists who are modifying those cells. So it sounds like, okay, so that's one really good application, or at least some an application I can understand for Easy CRISPR. Um, superheroes is another. Uh, what other? What, how else in, a, in the real world now? In a, in a very real way, how else can we use Easy CRISPR to, I don't know, make our lives better? Yeah. So Unimed is already negotiating licenses with companies that make animal models for research. Uh, we've li we've licensed it already to uh, Taconic Biosciences. They're incorporating that into their methods for creating um, like humanized rodents or, or other types of transgenic animals. We're in active discussions with a number of other companies that just make transgenic animals. 
Uh, we're working, uh, Dr. Gray Murphy is working with some collaborators to show that you can use easy CRISPR to modify plant genomes. And the idea would be is it would be more efficient hybrids. So you can have better tools to make disease resistant crops or, or other types of new um, food sources. Do we need to, do we need to talk about Franken foods and, and that sort of GMO what do you call that? I think we'll eventually need to have that conversation. We're okay. still early yeah. on seeing how useful easy CRISPR is for, for plant biology, but all early signs indicate it will be similarly useful. And yeah, I think that those are all conversations we need to welcome. These are, mm-hmm. you know, really, really powerful tools. But at the same time, I think that the fact that there is uh, some hesitancy uh, to advance this type of work is not a reason not to do it. Everything we eat has been genetically modified, whether through selective breeding or through genetic engineering. So, yeah. So right now it seems like the best use for, I mean, is CRISPR enough by itself? I mean, we've been, it it sounds like it's, it's half a solution really, right? CRISPR in terms of, of some of the more exotic sci-fi applications is part of a solution. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the thing you use to, to cut out the DNA you don't want in the organism. Uh, If you want to do true genetic modification, there, are st- there needs to be more efficient ways to insert what you want to include into the organism. And that's really what's compelling about Dr. Grimworthy's study with uh, uh, his collaborators at Tukai. Can we, can we at all look forward, you know, like five years from now, what does Easy CRISPR look like? You know, wh- how is it being used? I mean, apart from making better models of human, I don't know, human biology, um, is, is there some other use for it that we maybe we don't see right now? So there are a number of companies that have um, licenses to some of the early CRISPR patents that are building drugs and therapeutic strategies built around CRISPR, whether these are drugs that modify the DNA of cells in our body or whether or not these are um, cellular-based therapies. To, to what end? Um, if you have a genetic defect. Yeah. That's you a big would, one. You would essentially have CRISPR edit the cells that are affected by that genetic defect. A um, good example would be um, cystic fibrosis. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple hmm. modification. Single, single gene. A single, single, yeah, very small edit can affect it. How, how does that work in a practical sense? Now, you take a pill and it somehow I, – I, maybe this is, this is where my understanding of DNA falls apart because if you have a, a, a defect in your gene, isn't that – like in every cell in your body? Yeah. So, so, so how do you fix that? So, these, it's, so there's sort of two separate discussions here as well. One is we've mostly been talking about applications of CRISPR in somatic cell editing or engineering. This is somatic. not, this is not germline. So somatic would just be all the cells in your body besides your sex cells. So these it's somatic cell engineering, um, those, those altered cells aren't going to be inherited. They're not, you're not going to be inheriting that DNA. You're not going to be, you're not going to be giving it to your offspring. Germline engineering a whole nother ball. Okay, well, let's um, leave that aside then. Sure. Well, well, it's sort of they sort of bleed into each other. When we're talking about um, possibly treating um, something like cystic fibrosis or even eradicating it, this would be we we could actually we could actually do DNA sequencing, which is becoming uh, more efficient and cheaper and mm-hmm. easier as well. There's a possibility in the near future we could be doing DNA sequencing on every um, every baby in utero, um, discover if they have this single gene disorder, any number of there are a thousand other single gene disorders. Okay. Um, and you could actually, if you make the correction early enough, when there's only 
two cells or four cells or 16 cells or hundreds of cells versus thousands of cells in that developing I see. Um, fetus. Okay. Yeah, it's the, uh, the, the other... The other part of this is that you're kind of alluding to is the the difficulty of delivering the CRISPR Cas9 or the the, the editing mechanism. Uh, if you do it at an early enough stage and you're only delivering it to a few cells, that makes it easier, obviously, than trying right. to deliver to um, a whole host of cells or millions of cells. So if you're born, grow up, and get to to my advanced age, you just kind of. You're up the Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about your luck. So there are some more exotic applications of CRISPR, which would be these sort of daily targeted bundles of you know CRISPR enzymes and um, targeted DNA, where you would sort of take it every day, it would target it to the specific tissues that express mm-hmm. whatever that gene is, and they would edit your DNA every day. Yeah. And and that, that seems pretty sci-fi, but there are... That does sound pretty sci-fi, so you just kind of wake up one morning and... Yeah. All your DNA has been changed. I mean, and, and Not so, all your DNA. What it would no. be is that, you know, for cystic fibrosis, that gene's in every cell of your body, but the only ones that really matter are the ones that line your lungs. And so you'd have oh, an inhaler. Right. Okay. And the inhaler, for example, would go specifically to your lungs, and it would, you know, crisper up the gene that's dysfunctional, and then that would last for, you know, the life of those cells. And then as those cells turn over, gotcha. you would need to uh-huh. re-crisper them. All right. I mean, for all intents and purposes, that's it's, pretty, it's that's really, pretty spectacular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For all intents and purposes, it's really just a more efficient way of, of taking a daily medication. I mean, if you're right. for most daily medications, you're, we're trying to manipulate either proteins that are being produced. We're trying to inhibit that or trying to dampen or something along those lines. This is actually just going a, a, a step further, and you're actually – Altering the genes so that those when you, you have those downstream effects. When we had to write the patent for Easy CRISPR, we had to sit down and figure out what are all the different ways right. people use CRISPR, and so we had to have, you know, discussion of you know plant-based mechanisms of creating transgenic animals of uh, ex vivo therapeutics, which are taking cells out of your body and putting them back in, and then this sort of you know CRISPR space capsule that are going you know to targeted tissues to edit genes for a limited time. Well, I think. Anything else to add about CRISPR? And this is a, that's it. I mean, after this, I don't think we're allowed to talk about CRISPR anymore. <laughs> we got it out of our system. I think we got it out, right? CRISPR we, is we so done. Can't we talk about this every year? This one CRISPR eh, potty. <laughs> maybe we maybe maybe we just have a little note at the beginning of every show. <laughs> There's so much more I want to say about CRISPR. <laughs> <laughs> All so right. When Guru Murthy gets his Nobel Prize, we'll we'll do it again. Sounds okay. good. And now that's I know you kind of I don't know if you're joking. I mean, is this is this Nobel worthy? Do you think? Oh, I'm not on the committee anymore. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was like a thing I did for a while. But yeah. Yeah. In my youth. Yeah. All right. On that note, I think it's about time we come back to ground. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check the uh, the program notes for more information about about CRISPR and Easy CRISPR. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, thank you for joining us. For Joe Rungi and Tyler Scher, I'm Charlie Litton. Thank you for joining us on Unimed's Innovation Overground.